G'day everyone. The Volunteer Traveller, brought to you by Oceansworth Volunteers, is a podcast for those who want to make an impact in the world through ethical volunteering. We'll hear stories from people who have volunteered with Oceansworth and have come from all over the world to dedicate their time and resources into making a difference. In Season 1, we're concentrating on our Marine Conservation Program. We hope you're inspired by today's story. If you are, stick around at the end to find out how you can get involved in volunteering yourself. Welcome to The Volunteer Traveller. Hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast. This episode we will be introducing Timmy, our cultural guide here at Oceans to Earth. There's three of us volunteers here today and we're just going to introduce ourselves before we get started. Firstly, my name's Katie and I'm from Belfast, Northern Ireland and I'm on the programme for three weeks. And my name is Greta and I'm from Italy and I stay in the programme for three weeks. My name is Daniel and I'm from England and I'm on the programme for all four weeks. Uh, good morning everybody. Wanjara. Hi. Uh, I'm Timmy, the cultural guide, Timmy David, local indigenous uh, bread, Kulkalkal, Gunganji, and uh, Southern Kanju, indigenous man. My role is to um, connect the volunteers with land and sea country and tell them my storylines, dream, dream, dream lines, long lines, and uh, the importance of looking after country. Okay. So, Timmy, our first question for you today is, we would like to know a bit more about how you came to work as a cultural guide for Oceans to Earth. How did it get started? I always had a passion for the land and sea, and I'm doing a lot of um, labour work. I just wanted a change of um, just my work, work style, something I'm like, more passionate and interested in. So I, I, I firstly started um, volunteering at the Turtle Rehab Centre on Fitzroy Island. And our good friend, Julie, she introduced me to the co-founder, Cassie Smith. And um, we became friends and I just wanted to know a bit more about the Oceans to Earth program. And I started volunteering off with Cassie and um, it was fun. I really enjoyed it. It's something that, you know, I wanted to help and um, protect, especially the reef, the coral reef, the barrier reef. And um, that's how it all come about. And I haven't turned back, really enjoyed it. And with our new um, program coordinator, Helen, Helen Young, yeah, we're like a little family now, so I can see myself helping out and doing this for a while. So our second question, um, this question is about your family and where you come from. And so if you could tell us a bit about that and also how did your family encourage your passion for the reef? Well, um, from a pretty young child, we... um. We spent most of our time up in the Torres Strait Islands where my dad and my mum were from. And uh, my mum's also got a connection here through the local Gunganji people. That we used to be out, 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 out and about all the time, like fishing, snorkeling, camping, and it was always on the beach. And um, my dad, it was very important for us to learn our culture, you know, our sustainability, hunting, ceremonial stuff, and um, yeah, just the importance of, you know, what, what we would hunt or, you know, gather in respects of nature, you know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't take too much stuff from the sea, just uh, took what, what we needed and uh, feed our families. But, um, yeah, deep down, I just uh, wanted to carry on, like my father's legacy of the love of the sea. I just feel comfortable in that zone, in that area. 
because I think it's um, just part of us growing up in the Torres Straits. Is there anything more you can tell us about any of like your family's artifacts, heirlooms, and any like other importance that gets handed down and passed through? Yep, um, a lot of our um, dating artifacts, uh, dating tools, instruments um, were uh, passed down from the old people, like great grandfathers passed down, even um, jewelry, jewelry making, mainly more like um, our dancing instruments, like the Torres Strait Island drum. We call that um, a warrel. That's always passed down from generation to generation to pass down the, the next dances and songs to teach the next ones, the, the next generation of children, grandchildren. Also on, um, on my mother's connection side, um, like the, you know, the, the bipra, which call, we call clapsticks bipra, the uh, didgeridoo, yiriki, yiriki introduced from Central Island. So. But still in all, it's very important that we um, are taught and learn uh, the importance of these, um, these uh, instruments. And um, as you know, that uh, the Yeriki, the, uh, the didgeridoo was not um, a women's um, instrumental, music instrumental tool. It was just for the men forbidden, for women to play, and just the men had to play the didgeridoo. Yeah, no, that's, that's, yeah, it's very important to pass these things down and keep these um, artifacts in, in, in the family, heirloom kind of thing, you know, and teach, teach others about it, Indigenous and non-Indigenous, how important we need these tools. During the program, we do most of our surveys on Green Island and Fitzroy Island. What is the significance about these two islands? Um, both Green and Fitzroy um, hold great spiritual significance with the Gunganji people, the, the local Yurindji people around the Cairns region, further south, Gornvale, and further north, uh, the Yurikanji Yurindji nation. Each, each area, each tribe had the different Dreamtime stories around uh, landmarks, but um, Green Island and Fitzroy, yeah, they hold very, very strong cultural um, significance for the Gunganji people. Uh, they were inhabited by, by our people for thousands and thousands of years, and um, when the Europeans went through there and um, discovered or saw how important all those, the, the resources around that area were, jewellery, fish docks, the food, in that sea, in the sea, and um, yeah, they, my people were just um, pushed away, taken away from their homelands. And, uh, but today, all that tourism has grown around the Green Island and Fitzroy. Uh, we still um, share the two islands. We still share together with uh, the tourism industry and, and the local, uh, the owners and custodians of the both islands, which are called Green Island, Wanyami, and uh, Fitzroy Island. We call that. Kaba, Kabra, Kaba, G-A-B-A or K-A-H-A-R-A. I uh, remember you telling me about how Green Island is, is used for like the initiation of from boys to men. Is there anything that you can expand on that? Yeah, same as uh, the young boys getting initiated to become young men, young warriors, fighters, hunters, gatherers. It was also the same for the young girls and women. Um, the, the young girls and women would have their sacred sites or initiation places and carry on doing our sacred women's business, which I can't go into detail because it was only sacred women business. But with the men, yeah, they would um, initiate their boys to become men, uh, mainly around Green Island area, where the dream time story there is, um, is told of 
the name Wanyami meaning place of spirits and the, and the place of um, the hole in the nose is where that's where it um, means where the men used to initiate the boys and pierce their nose and put a bone through their nose. And uh, very similar to the story of the turtle, how the turtle got its hole in its nose, uh, where the crab pinched the turtle's nose. And that's what it all comes about now for the men to initiate the boys, pinch their nose and put the bone through their nose to become young men. So we are already talking about your connection with the Islander. So uh, we, um, can you tell us some dreamtime stories about the, uh, the Islander? Um, yeah, dreamtime stories were um, very important to pass down to the um, younger generation, the children, men, women, and even like um, travellers, you know, they have um, certain um, landmarks came about. There's a landmark further south in Gordonville, the pyramid. They call it the Walsh's Pyramid. For the local Yidinji people down there, that, that landmark represents the um, giant nest of a scrub hen, which they call that story um, Jarrigan. Jarrigan is an uh, Aboriginal name for the, the scrub hen. And there's a local primary school, Jarrigan College, named after that hill. And the story behind that hill is um, the giant scrub turkey, many, many thousands and thousands of years ago, created a big nest. A giant nest where you can see it from a distance now it's turned into a big granite stone and that represents the, the scrub turkey's nest and it's meant to um, represent warmth and incubation, incubate your children or your eggs to keep keep your family close by, keep them warm and then to start new life in the middle. And um, that's, that's what the Dreamtime story of that place is. There are a lot of different Dreamtime stories. Also with the local uh, Gimli Wallabara people, they have local stories of um, landmarks in Cairns, like uh, Mount Whitfield. Mount Whitfield is now called the Red Arrow Walk today, and um, that represented uh, the Black Scorpion. So Mount Whitfield is actually called uh, Mount Chumbanji, and um, the men believed that when they used to take young boys hunting and gathering, they would come across a witchetty grub to look for food. And uh, they believed the witchetty grub did not turn into a beetle or a butterfly and flew away. It actually represented a scorpion. Where they found that witchetty grub, they would find a black scorpion not far away from it. And um, so that, that sort of means like young boys change from being young and innocent, soft like a, like a witchetty grub, and they, they move forward and grow. And, change into the black scorpion, which depends on itself, very powerful, strong, wise, and humble. There's many dreams, local dreamtime stories, also of um, Green Island, which is called Wanyami, of, um, which is very popular there with uh, how the turtle got its nostrils, where um, a turtle crawled up onto the beach, uh, rested into a little crab hole full of water, and a little crab come out and pinched its nose. Stories like that, how um, these things come about. Also up the Torres Strait Islands, the parrotfish, we call it billow. Once the parrotfish used to gather together and flock and fly around and um, the creator sent them to the bottom of the ocean floor to protect and look after the reef 
and today you go down to swim underwater and you see the parrotfish, same colours as a bird on land, but they're fish now. So it's stories like that, how they, these animals come about. And it's very interesting to listen and learn. And um, it's more or less about like a creation story, how things were created in our, in our way and not through like modern day religious, religious ways. So um, spirituality was very strong in our time. Today it's still carried carried on with some elderly elders that's still around that teach us this stuff. But um yeah, it's very important to know um how different areas of our indigenous countries, different clans, different tribes, how certain landmarks come about. That's the way how we, we see it. Okay. So Timmy, do you like to tell us what your what is your best memory from working with the ocean? to hurt wouldn't hear and if you have uh, any special favorite animal sites yeah um it's been a really fun journey since i first experienced all this research and importance of looking after our reef but um there were many many good times along the way but definitely i'd have to say when um we witnessed the shark chasing a uh, eagle ray That was very exciting. I, we were, as usual, doing our research, doing our um, surveys. And um, I usually like to stay in the water longer. I found some trash on the bottom of the ground, on the floor, though, so I picked that up and I come out. And I came out a little earlier, so then my, my work colleague, Helen, came out and the others came out and then it all happened. That's probably about one of the best moments where I saw, where we all witnessed this uh, Shark coming straight towards us and flipped its tail, rear tail, and the dorsal fins just stuck out of the water. And we recognized that it was a hammerhead. And um, yeah, the girls couldn't believe that they were actually swimming right there where, where it all happened. And it was unusual because at that time and moment, everybody was out of the water. We all copped a really good, you know, good show of Mother Nature all swimming. And also, there was one moment when I was. Um, Operating uh, a glass bottom boat, but this was this was apart from working with uh, Ocean Surf that day. It was just a moment of, on, of me on my own, waiting for a safari group, and uh, I saw this big, massive black shadow coming towards me, and I was wondering what what the heck is this? It's not a turtle, and it ended up being a a big manta ray. It circled my boat, sort of looked at me sideways, and I was like. Gobsmacked. I was trying to, I was hoping the group was closer, the safari group, so I could call them over. But at that time, a moment, it was only for me, meant for me. And, uh, and that's, that's what I mean, like a place of um, spirituality and significance. We believe that when big things like that from the sea just comes past and visits you, that's like our ancestors, um, our great grandfathers or our great grandmothers just coming to check on their grandchildren to see if we're okay. You never know what to expect. Each time you're out in the water, and after we, you know, we welcome the country, and after we pay our respects, then it's just, it just happens. <laughs> yeah. So, last question for you Why you would like to recommend this experience to volunteers and what they can learn from your, you on the program? Um, yeah, I would recommend this to everyone around the world. Everyone is passionate about protecting this planet, land and sea. It's just we need more people involved 
and this sort of stuff that we do. There's just too much um, political power, too much fighting, too much war, uh, too much mining. But um, I re- recommend this program to anyone who's interested. You can find us and Google us on, you know, any on the uh, Oceans to Earth page. And I'm just our co-founders will just yeah, explain, or, or you know, it's all written there what we do, what we're all about, and um, how passionate we are of protecting the reef, the animals, the Australian animals, animals all around, elephants, dolphins, whales, because um, without them. We 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 all we all die. We need them. We need to protect them. We need to protect protect the environment. And yeah, it's very important that we keep continue continuing this um this excellent program, this this Ocean Earth um, organization. And uh, we've seen a lot of people come through in the past um, and, and leaving, you know, going heading back home, feeling satisfied and this sense of you know that they've um really, really um, helped uh, put towards what their help, their um, determination and, and the fun, the good times we see in each other and, um, and the friendship, the connection where sometimes you can't even get a whisper or word out of someone and at the end of the day, at the end of the program, they're like, you can't keep it quiet. <laughs> yeah, things like that. So, but um, it, it's a very interesting, fun program. And I, I recommend it to anybody who really wants to help protect land and sea and, and to get to know each other, no matter where, where you live, how far across the world we, you are. And, um, yeah, we're all, at the end of the day, we're all one. We're all one people, one nation, one family. That's stuff. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, just wanted to say thank you once again to Timmy for all his work with us on the program. It's been so much fun spending time with him, learning about his customs and bringing a spiritual element to the program, which has been really special for me and has really made my experience a lot better and feel a lot safer in the water because every time we go out, we we throw some coral out and we ask for protection, which makes you feel really safe when you go into the water. And also our visibility has improved every time we've asked for it to be improved, which has been really nice. So thanks, Timmy, for everything. Uh, thanks, guys. Uh, also for the, you know, the, the volunteers that's already left the program. It was a, it was a pleasure and, you know, just working with you guys, learning off each other, uh, sharing my culture with you guys song and dance, it's always fun and just the respect I see deep in, in, in your spiritual, personal, spiritual ways in, in your heart that, you, you know, you, you guys are fantastic people. You know, with my co-workers, Helen, Cassie, it's just um, always fun teaching and learning and sharing my, my ways and I think it's a big part that everybody should understand the ways of how we, we want some balance and respected and looked after everything on this earth. Thank you, guys. I miss you, when you go. We don't <laughs> say goodbye. We say see you again. See you again. Thanks for listening. To be a part of something bigger than yourself, check out our website at oceanstoearth.org. No involvement is too big or too small, so join us today. See you next time on The Volunteer Traveler.